Welcome to Crocker and Cone. I'm Grant Cone. That's Eric Crocker. Been a few weeks. Had to put the show on hold because of freaking practice. We were talking about practice for a few weeks, but now that's over. And Niners play tonight. Eric Crocker does a great job of covering the entire league. Has a much better feel for other rosters than I do. And I'm going to ask him to sort of put the Niners uh, in context with the NFC and the rest of the league in a minute. But first, I want to get Eric's take on um, what Brett Favre said recently. Brett Favre, we were waiting for his opinion on this topic. Everyone was saying, what does Brett Favre think? Well, Brett Favre has come out and says he thinks the 49ers should stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. What do you think of Brett Favre thinking the Niners should stick with Jimmy Garoppolo? I think you hear that from a a lot of different players, whether it's former or current, because I I think they understand, you know, how difficult it is to win at the NFL level. Yeah. And... I think there's a certain element to Jimmy Garoppolo that helped contribute to a lot of those wins. Uh, and I think that they, the players, et cetera, coaches might value that uh, just because of how difficult it is. So I think that's why he's leaning more towards Jimmy Garoppolo. And he's kind of wording it or phrasing it in a way to where he's saying Jimmy is more of the reason, which I think anybody who truly watched 49er games week in week out really kind of covered it understand he definitely was a part of it but not necessarily the reason but i can understand why he would come to the conclusion that he did as well as we know i mean his past uh with and i and i believe it was your tweet when you said um, you know brett Favre would have chose brett Favre over aaron Rodgers back in the day and i'd say maybe for aaron Rodgers' first year of really playing maybe people would have been proven right but after that, you know, clearly they went off to win the Super Bowl. Haven't won one since, but they've been one of the best teams in the NFL ever since. To me, it seems obvious that he's sort of over-identifying with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Because Brett Favre got pushed out of Green Bay before he wanted to leave. And Joe Montana, Joe has said the same thing, that the Niners should stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. He got pushed out of, out of SF before he wanted to leave. But it's so funny that two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time would look at Jimmy and be like, I see myself in, in that mediocre quarterback Really, it's kind of amazing because Brett Favre would carry the Packers. The Niners carried Jimmy. That's kind of funny to me. But God love Jimmy for having all this support. I think here's the funny thing to me. It's how people, uh, they pick and choose when they want to use that wins argument. And uh, as it pertains to the quarterback position, I was just kind of going back and forth a little bit with people on social media today. Not really like a back and forth. It wasn't any type of aggressive uh, conversation or anything like that. But... When it comes to Lamar Jackson, thank you. People they they don't they don't view right. it that way. You know, Those it's, wins oh, don't well, count. he can't do this. He can't do he that. Didn't win the right he, way, Eric. Yeah, you know, oh, the, the, you know, teams aren't scared of him, etc. And it's like, well, nobody. I mean, he wins a ton ever since he's coming to the league. All he's done is win, right? And they discount that because of how and he's a lot closer to being Jimmy a top Garoppolo. ten quarterback than Jimmy. Jimmy, he's been an MVP. He's been in the league MVP. Yeah. And yeah. we voted number one player like in the entire NFL. Right. Right. And, yeah. you know, he can uh, win and do all those things, but still because it looks different, it's not to their standard. But when it comes to uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, who wins, and, and that is awesome. That's He does a great job uh, contributing to W's, but they, you know, the greats, they view right. it a different way. Yeah. Why is Jimmy's win loss record uh, weighted higher than Lamar Jackson's win loss record when? Any objective person would uh, agree that Lamar Jackson's a better quarterback than Jimmy. Anyone in the world would have to agree. I mean, are you kidding? Lamar is a borderline top 10. A lot of people say he is a top 10. I know this is my my apologize. 
My apologies. Uh, can you see Wi-Fi? me backstage? I gotta, I gotta switch my Wi-Fi real quick. I, I, I had a feeling you're gonna do that. Go ahead. I got you. I got you. Just a second. All right. Yeah. I was gonna tell him, but he was in the zone. Anyway, we haven't gotten to the good stuff yet. We were just making fun of Brett Favre. I mean, come on, Brett. Also, I feel like there's something a lot of like vets in the league feel like, you know, if you get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo with his win loss record, like you can get rid of anyone. Anyway, All right. let's move on. That's enough of Brett Favre. I want to ask you now that you've seen, you know, a lot of preseason, the entire Niners training camp, you've been covering camps around the league or at least keeping tabs on them. Do you think the 49ers will win the NFC this year or how likely is it? I think it's unlikely because you have a quarterback that's playing in his first year of starting. So anytime you see that, there's just so many different yeah. growing pains and different things that he's going to see. Yeah. But if we kind of say, all right, he's just solid, right? He, he's a solid starting NFL quarterback. Then I'm pretty confident that the 49ers can definitely go pretty far. This is a terrific roster. Uh, they don't have a whole lot of holes. The holes that they do have, they've shown the ability to really kind of mask those in the sense of still kind of resulting in Ws. I remember 2017 when the 49ers, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo came and he did a really good job of being efficient down the stretch. And they were able to mask having guys like Zane Beatles mm-hmm. starting on the offensive line, right? And that was not ideal, uh, having him and some of the other guys that they had to play with. But they figured it out, and we've seen them really be able to do that, whether it was the cornerback situation last season and, you know, somehow, some way where you got to go out there with Josh Norman and you have inexperienced guys like D'Amato Lenore, you have an inexperienced guy like Amber Thomas, and, oh, somehow, some way, 49ers have the number six pass defense statistically in the NFL. So, uh, you know, can you overcome the quarterback position? That's a little tougher, I think. I'd assume Trey Lance would play at a good enough level to be able to win games. And if they could do that, man, terrific coaching. They can go pretty far, even as it pertains to around the league. I think the 49ers have one of the best rosters in the league. And I think a lot of fans, because we're going to look at every single player, every single position, and nitpick every single spot. You can point out a spot here and there where it's like, oh, this isn't great, this isn't great. But overall, it's one of the best rosters in the entire NFL. You know, when the roster, when the schedule came out, I said nine and eight. I looked at a team that went 10 and seven last year, lost a few players, has a tougher schedule. I thought nine and eight. And I'm focused on the Niners. Now I'm looking around the NFC and I'm looking at, at a conference that's down. I mean, you t- correct me if I'm wrong, but Tampa is in shambles right now. At least their offense is. Offensive Tampa line. has some weird things going on. They're losing yeah. office alignment, it feels like, left and right. Uh, you got to hope that a guy they- like Chris Godwin – Oh, is, yeah. you know, good coming off of the injury. Yep. Uh, you know, Mike Evans, he's yep. he's been productive, but he's definitely not the Mike Evans of old. Right. Uh, so this is a team, you know, they, they're kind of, they're probably going to have to bank a little bit on just Tom Brady, who just left mm-hmm. and then came back mysteriously, uh, being able to carry them once again. And then you got Green Bay loses Devontae Adams. Like, I saw that offense against the Niners with Adams in the playoff. They couldn't do anything. So I'm, I'm skeptical of who, that Who team. are the receivers? I don't even know. I mean, I don't. Is uh, Christian Watson healthy? No. He 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 just came back, and and we'll see. Because you know the the tough thing with him is you know you have to build a rapport with Aaron Rodgers. Right. Good luck. And right now, I think they're banking on Alan Lazard really being a wide receiver one for them. So it's going to be like Lazard, probably Romeo, Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins. You know. All right, so I, I I think that team they have a great defense though, great quarterback, and then Minnesota like I just saw them, they're okay, 
I mean, they're pretty good. They, uh, Jeff, Jefferson's a great player, and Zadarius Smith's a great player, but Kirk Cousins, I, and then you got the Rams. I don't think they're as good as they were last year. The Cardinals are a joke, even though they have a really good quarterback. Cliff Kingsbury, oh my God. He tried to show up Kyler Murray, like, you call the plays. He's like, okay, I just did a way better job than you. It's like, yeah, well, <laughs> I suck. I'm Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know. I feel like even though the Niners, like, even though the offensive line's a question mark and Trey should have played last year. Man, it's so wide open. If if they could have some good luck with injuries, they could do it. I don't know. I don't know. They can. I think the NFC is definitely primed for the taking. Uh, the, the equalizer between some of those teams and the 49ers will be the quarterback position. But if Trey Lance plays well, then, yeah, I mean, the 49ers, this is it, it, ready. It's ready yeah. for them to, to be able to make a – a really good playoff push. And, you know, I'm looking at the teams in there right now. I mean, maybe Dallas Cowboys, but it looks like they just lost their left tackle, Tyron Tyron Smith. Exactly. You, you know, yeah. they lost Amari Cooper. They're right. panicking. I, I listen in, and I know what's going on there. My brother's a diehard Cowboy fan. Yeah. I got friends that are diehard Cowboy fans. I know what's going on with them. They're not too happy about what's going on on the offensive side of the ball. They, they've lost weapons. Zeke Elliott was kind of a shell of himself last season. Still productive on paper, but kind of a shell of himself uh, because of this knee injury. Is he healthy uh, coming back from that? That's something that they have to deal with. I mean, the, yeah. the Cowboys, there are a lot of question marks. And one thing that really helped them last season was they took the ball away at an extremely high rate. I, I don't yep, know if anybody digs. had more takeaways right. than the Dallas Cowboys. Can they repeat that right. as a defense? So uh, huge question marks really around the league. I think the 49ers are one of the more teams that you're comfortable with. And I think it was Chris Canty that keeps going out and saying, hey, 49ers going to the Super Bowl, even with Trey Lance. Mm. They're going to the Super Bowl because, I mean, when you look at the 49ers just roster as a whole and how good they can be on both sides of the ball, I can definitely see a scenario where they go really far. Well, the, their regular season schedule to me is just so hard. But if they can weather that storm and just sneak into the playoffs, there's seven spots. It's a down conference. I mean, maybe maybe 10 wins gets them there like last year. And then all of a sudden – now Trey Lance is starting, what, his 20th game in the NFL, and he has some experience, and maybe he's a better quarterback in January of this year than he is right now because he might actually improve with time with, with experience as opposed to the previous one that I forget him. So, yeah, I, this team could actually make a run. One thing I about yeah, Trey Lance is I think we've seen it just in the short time that he's yeah. played is he does uh, at least improve in, in the sense of kind of understanding what is being asked of him. I think there's certain areas that – he will have to work on, and we might not see the uh, effects of that this year. Mm -hmm. Like just like being just more accurate, right? Yeah. Like that's not something yeah. that's going to happen overnight. That's going to be a process of you know one year, two years, three years, right. and continuing to kind of work on that aspect of his game. But even then, I mean, you can be, uh, you don't have to be the most accurate quarterback and still be extremely effective. And I, I think he can still be that. I keep before we move on. I keep thinking of this team as the Seahawks from ten years ago. You have a great defense. You have a bad offensive, sorry, a bad offensive line. The Seahawks always had a bad offensive line, but a great run game. You have a dual threat quarterback, great defense, and weapons. And they won a Super Bowl. They were a dominant dynasty that way. And they carried Russell early on. And then he developed into being, you know, a great quarterback in, in his own right. But like, he never threw over the middle that much. You know, there were limitations to his game. There may be limitations to Trey's game as well. He could still win a lot and be a champion. I think they could sort of follow the same script. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. And that, that's and, and again, we've seen it with some of the other guys around the league as well. You know, early on in their career, most guys have 
some kind of things holding them back just a yeah. little bit that they have to figure out how to overcome it. Now, yeah. you'll have some that just hit the ground running. I mean, and we've kind of been spoiled over the last couple of years being well, able to watch guys like Justin Herbert just look great. Yeah. And he has to he has to overcome one of the hardest things, and that's his head coach. <laughs> you know, having to overcome, over, overcome his head coach's Stafford. decision making. He's the new Stafford but, in Detroit. Uh, you know, we, we've seen some other quarterbacks where it's like, all right, you know, this guy, like, he's ready to go. But for a lot of guys, you know, it, it's a process. And I've seen it with Dak Prescott, right? Like, Dak Prescott, rookie year is, oh, my gosh, it's so amazing. Second year, Dallas Cowboy fans were pulling their hair out, trying to figure out, like, why like why does this guy suck? He was so good yeah. the previous year. And it's just a process that some of these young quarterbacks have to go through. If Trey Lance can hit the ground running like Colin Kaepernick did 10 years ago, this mm. team's making a run. Now, the difference, though, <clears throat> and I hate to be negative, but – Kaepernick was very he had the same quarterback coach. He had the same coach. I mean, he was very – he was older. I mean, Trey's on his second quarterback coach. The first one, it's like, did you throw out everything you learned from him? Like, did you – did the Niners just – what happened with Scangarello? Now you got Brian Greasy. Like, what does he offer? Is he is he a life coach or a quarterback coach? I feel for Trey a little bit here because he's a big project. And Josh Allen was a big project. They brought in Ken Dorsey, who had already done great work with Cam Newton. And it was like, oh, okay, like – they're similar quarterbacks, and he's doing great work again. Now, the Niners are, like, experimenting, and I, I hope it works out for Trey. I, I think one of the more underrated parts about, you know, kind of the whole Colin Kaepernick thing and kind of some of the things he was able to do was, I mean, he was extremely, extremely productive at Nevada. Started, yep. like, damn near every year there. Yep. Then coming into the league, they adopted – uh, part of the offense that made him feel really comfortable yeah. and use that as almost like a base offense. And he was able to run that, you know, and kind of make those uh, special plays to the extent of being able to, you know, lead the 49ers to a Super Bowl. And it was no question about who, who like the star was during that moment. Yeah, the defense had some, you know, big time guys, but uh, when teams were stepping on that field, it was like, okay, you got to stop Colin Kaepernick, you know, and he was making a lot of plays. So, I mean, that the, the comfortability, again, of just the experience he had with playing at Nevada and then uh, understanding what was being asked of him with that offense, I think it was a good marriage. That's why, to me, I feel like that was the Niners' leg the most legitimate Super Bowl window since Steve Young. Because for a year and a half, Colin Kaepernick was a top-10 quarterback. People forget that. But there was a legit conversation like, who's better, him or Russell Wilson? Mm, that's a tough right. one. That's a tough one. Oh, you know, if you had to – who's better, him or Andrew Luck? Well, you know, maybe Luck, but Co Colin could – I mean, that's what people would say back then. And his numbers were out in the playoffs too. So the Niners, I mean – that's when they were legit. If, if Trey Lance could get to that level, yeah, they could definitely win a Super Bowl. I just, it's been, he's younger. He hasn't had the same type of uh, structure. He hasn't thrown a lot him. of passes. I mean, hasn't that's my biggest yeah. thing. Yep. The, 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 the attempts aren't quite there. And he has to get there. And, and that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. He's just getting it at a time where the expectations for the 49ers are Super Bowl. And that's, that's the hard part. Yeah, like if, it, if with, that wasn't the Cap, expectations, I don't even think it would be as big of a conversation as it's been on the national media and all that. But you're saying with Cat, like it's e it was easier to coach him because you could say, well, we can always fall back on the stuff he had success with in college. He did it a ton, right? And well, they structured with, the offense around. That. I mean, right. it was, it was they, obviously they had uh, similar concepts with right. Alex Smith, but they did a lot more pistol yeah. with Colin Kaepernick, and he was very comfortable doing that. Yeah, with Trey, it's harder to, to fall back on what he did in college because he didn't do a lot in college. To me, Trey is much more like – the way I think of Trey Lance, he's a, he's a super Alex Smith. 
he's really smart. Um, he can do everything and he's better at everything than Alex Smith was, but there's some, still some questions like where you, where you came from, Utah, uh, you're, I mean, it, it took Alex Smith a while. Is it going to take Trey Lance a while? That's my question. We'll see. I think part of the reason why it took Alex Smith a while and, and remember, I mean, well, what was around him. I remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one, the team was trash. It was, um, you talk about the coaching changes changed. and he had the ultimate coaching changes every single year. Yep. And he had a lot of injury issues as well. People don't remember. I mean, that that first year with Alex yeah. Smith, I believe he had one touchdown pass and eleven interceptions. That's true. <laughs> like, I mean, crazy. Yeah. Could you imagine yeah. if? Uh, I mean, any quarterback in the league came yeah, you in. Imagine? You're yeah. the first overall pick, and you throw one touchdown pass and eleven interceptions in the season. I mean, yeah, you'd be a, a meme in, in 2022. Yeah. 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 So I'm not saying he's going to do that. I, I, I mean, like think about Alex Smith if he had been drafted by a good team, you know. Like there's a there's a uh, a parallel universe where Alex Smith is like a you know went to a bunch of Pro Bowls on a good team where he was drafted by Kansas City or whatever uh, a good coach like John Gruden or Andy Reid I believe that so I'm not saying that Trey Lance is going to be like Alex Smith I think Trey Lance is a super Alex Smith in a good situation but my I think question they're not, is, I think they're diff they're, they're different okay. I just okay. think they're the way they see the field is extremely different. Uh, Trey Lance, his eyes, although, you know, in college, he was yeah. more of a, a, a game manager would be the wrong word for it, but he was more conservative yes. uh, with the passes he attempted. Yeah. Uh, he's just much more aggressive than what I saw from Alex Smith throughout his career. And Maybe what I mean by that is just with, with his eyes, yeah, how right. he sees you're the right. field. You you're, know, there are times when yeah. Trey Lance drops back and it's like, hey, you know, you can take the check down, right? That's true. Uh, I agree. Where Alex Smith... Is going to check down before he gives anything else even the opportunity to develop You're right You're and right. i think that was what so like they're kind of completely different from that standpoint i i agree i guess it's just maybe their personality that i mean alex smith was a number one pick trey lance is yeah. the number three pick there's a lot of pressure that comes with that as opposed to being like jimmy or colin those were second round picks that were like hey look at me i didn't necessarily know i was going to be a franchise quarterback but here i am like, i feel like right. trey and and alex were had a ton of pressure they're both 21 when they were drafted they're like okay i'm a ceo right now I'm a CEO right now. It's like, chill. Just be a football player. At least a little bit to me. They mean so well. It's like your heart yeah. breaks for them. And that's what Steve Young said. They're so earnest. Yeah. Well, good anyway. good guys. And yeah. uh, I think both of those guys, including Alex Smith, the one thing that you you know you hope Trey Lance does, which you know I think we've kind of spotted those kind of personality traits, is to be able to overcome adversity. Yep. And that's I remember a lot of people when Alex Smith uh, came back with Jim Harbaugh, there were people, they wanted Alex Smith out of there. Like, why would yeah. you keep Alex Smith? Now you had the lockout and everything, and it almost felt like that was the only reason why they were keeping him around was because, mm -hmm. hey, there's a potential lockout, and he was able to kind of keep the team together. And obviously, in 49ers went on to win a lot of games that year. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> people wanted him out of San Francisco at that time, and he was able to overcome years of That's adversity. True. Remember, he got benched for Troy Smith. Everyone. David Carr. Carr, Troy Smith. It was embarrassing. Or David Carr, excuse me. I yeah, mean, you were right. chanting for David Carr while yeah. Alex Smith was on the field. Come on now. And it was like, he was a number one pick. He was supposed to be elite. They got taken over Aaron Rodgers. Embarrassing. But he ended up developing into an elite game manager, if there is such a thing. He was very good at managing games, which is not what you want with the number one pick. I think Lance can be an elite game manager plus, you know what I mean, plus so much more. But I like a quarterback who doesn't. I feel like if you're an elite game manager, plus you're not you're you're, you're not a game manager. But yeah. what I'm saying is like you protect the football. Alex Smith by about 27 figured out the one thing I have to do is protect the football. If I do that, 
I'm going to last in this league for a very long time. And I, it, I can't sacrifice that for anything. I think Trey Lance, I mean, at least that's what he was like in college. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Kyle Shanahan will drill that out of him. But I, I think it looks like that because he had zero interceptions the one year. So I think like we, we look yeah. at that and it's like, oh man, like game manager because he didn't throw any picks. Right. But I, I don't think that's truly who he is like at his core. He may be more of a gunslinger, at least in training camp he was. He he would throw a pick, come right back. I mean, he doesn't he has no yeah. conscience right now. He he he's yeah. more he's more aggressive. Yeah, I agree. And and again, that, that could be good, that could be bad. He's gonna figure out what he can and can't get away with. Yeah, no, I I wonder how aggressive Alex Smith would have been if he didn't mess up his shoulder and wasn't drafted by the Niners and you get didn't get uh, benched for Troy. Because I feel like by a certain point he was like, I just have to survive. Like Trey Lance is out here thriving. But if you take the amount of criticism that Alex Smith had, it has an effect on you, I would think. I don't know. Right. I don't know. The, team. I don't, the, I, the yeah. situation with uh, Justin Fields is probably, just in the sense that there are situations, yes. it's probably more comparable. That's a good because, point. I mean, the Bears That's look a like point. a dumpster fire right now. And he's going to get blamed for it, and he actually just needs to get the hell out of there. As soon as he got drafted by the team, I'm like, oh, screwed. Yeah. Screwed. Yeah. Every quarterback. Anyway, uh, Coffee with Croc. That's, that's a good name. I like that. I'm taking it. Thank you, Juice Man Jeremy. Wilson in, Newton, in Newton's body, but grew up like Allen. Kind of. He did grow up Wilson. like Allen. That's to me why I think you, there's a parallel. Wilson in Newton's body. He's talking about Lance. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He's so he's like Russell Wilson. He's like Russell Wilson, yeah. but in Cam Newton's body. Yeah. But what was the grew up like Allen? What's that part? He's a farm kid from a really small town. And okay. so he wasn't, okay. he wasn't recruited. I mean, if you're from certain parts of the Central Valley out here, I, I don't know. It was Stockton. Was that like, was, was Stockton that way? Like, were kids getting really recruited in Stockton or is it too far out? Yeah. Yeah. Nah, they, they were getting about it. They were. Yeah. Okay. My guy, Riley Brown. Sherlock, I mean, he's at I don't USC know about right now. He was, yeah. Riley, mm -hmm. you know, I coached Riley at Edison. I got my Edison stuff behind okay. me. I mean, Riley, but I coached him his sophomore year. He already had offers from everybody in the nation. Everybody. Alabama, Florida, everybody. <clears throat> Anybody you can think of, he had offers already. Yeah. It's amazing that the most physically gifted quarterback since John Elway, maybe, in Josh Allen, was rejected by Fresno State. They were like, nah, sorry. Right we're in the backyard. Had the grades, had had everything. Like Unreal. <clears throat> Any more? No. Okay, moving on. Uh, all right. So I put out my top 10 49ers last night. I'm not going to put you on the spot and tell you and ask you to make a full list, although you can if you want, but I would like you to – Tell me who the number one player on the Niners is, is right now and why. Ooh, okay, so it's tough. So you got, uh, we'll just go off your top three guys so far. You got Nick Bosa, Trent Williams, Debo Samuel. All right. Yes. And <clears throat> I, I think that there could be someone that disagrees, but you got to respect it because if somebody with that list, I think you're, well, first of all, 49ers have a decent amount of <laughs> star Hell type, yeah. type players. Yeah. I, you could argue that everyone in the top 10 is Pro Bowl caliber. They have a hell yeah. of a roster. Trent, Trent Williams is, is like so dominant. But to me, the, the best player on the 49ers is Debo Samuel. I mean, wow. he, he's just, he, okay. he carried the team last year. Yeah. He did everything that was asked of him. You need him to return kicks. He did that, ran into midfield. Uh, you, man, the quarterback doesn't really like to throw down the field, but you know what? Hey, we're going to give you a screen and you're going to take it 60 yards and stiff arm three guys in the biggest of games. I mean, the, the 49ers put the entire team on his mm -hmm. back, and he produced. And then, by the way, hey, man, we're down two scores in this must-win game to get into the playoffs. He's throwing for touchdowns. I mean, it just it, – best it's player. True. Best it's player. true. 
He threw for a touchdown in the be- in the in the biggest regular season game. I agree. Let me. I mean, it was a playoff game. It was, uh, it was it was essentially yeah, a playoff was. game on the road. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like if I don't do these things, if I don't make these plays, we're not gonna win. And he, I mean, he made the damn play, like yeah. So I I have to go Debo Samuel number one, and that's tough because it's like typically receivers don't have that type of impact on wins and losses, but I think Debo does. You made a great argument. I called him the MVP of the team last year. It's hard to argue against what you just said. Let me just explain why I put him three. The way I look at Debo, he's a little bit of an enigma. He can be the most valuable player in any game, given game. But, and he's so versatile, he can do a million different positions and special teams. But to me, there's a hole in his game. It's his hands. He drops <laughs> too many passes for an elite wide receiver. That doesn't make him a bad player, but there is one hole in his game. And when I look at Trent Williams and Nick Bosa, they don't have holes in their game. That's 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 the distinction. To me, those guys have no holes. Those two are like, you know, they could be 99s. One is. And the reason I gave the nod to Bosa is that even though they both do their individual jobs almost perfectly, maybe it's just the nature of the position. I feel like Bosa makes his teammates better. Like his pressure leads to sacks for other people. Whereas Trent Williams can be the greatest left tackle in the world. It's really not doing anything for Mike McGlinchey or Spencer Burford. And maybe that's just the nature of the positions. That's why I went with the way I went. But I see what you're yeah. saying. I know. I, I, I like, I mean, I, I understand your logic, but it's just yeah. like. Debo. <laughs> well, I mean, who else got a song? Who else has a song on running around on NFL Network? Everybody's tweeting it out once he signed. I mean, Debo just, I don't know, man. I mean, he. If he can clean they, up they the drops. The, they put the team on his one. back. They said, Debo, Debo, you know what I'm saying? Who else runs yeah. on the field? Kyle. You know what I'm saying? Kyle, right now. He don't even True. call his coach, coach, man. Kyle, come here, give me the ball right now. And he, and he just, uh, uh, touchdown. Like, I, I mean, just, he's just different. He's just he's, he's just 26 different. years old, and he, now he's playing with a different quarterback. He has a potential to take his game to a whole different level. If he drops the ball a little less frequently and uh, gets the ball down the field, which Lance will help him, I think he can improve. I, he can take his game to another level and be number one. I just want to, as a quality control coach, I want to push him. Drop too many oh, passes. I see the chat. Somebody said uh, Bosa got a big chant his first year. Bosa got a chant. From the fans, and I think that was awesome, right? He popped up, he did the whole thing. Yeah. I'm like, man, Bosa is incredible, right? Debo, I mean, it's it's the national media, and they're just like, this dude, what can't he do? It's like uh, Booby Miles, you know what I'm saying? His grandpa was like, and he can throw. It's like Debo just does. I mean, he just does everything. He, he does it. I mean, he does everything. The if other I players, were again, we're having this debate or conversation because the players are so great, right? Like Nick Bosa is great. He's one of the top three best players at his position. Right, you got you got Miles Garrett, you got T.J. Watt, you got Nick Bosa, and that that alone, I'd say there's more value, in, in, typically a DN in comparison to a receiver, but just Debo was just more than a receiver. Debo, they, they handed him the ball. It, they were like, all right, we're, we're just gonna hand you off the ball, and he's scoring from 20 yards out every time. That's true, like he. He's probably the most popular player in the league. Um, it's Part of it is his name. I mean, Debo from Friday. But here's the thing. If they put Debo on the back of his jersey instead of Samuel, he'd have the number one selling jersey in the league by far. And they should. They did it for Ichiro when we were kids. And that, they I think, his jersey. Yeah. They did. And his jersey. Because his last name was like, Suzuki or something like that, yep. right? Although, yeah, it was. It was. So they put Ichiro on it. And that was a heavy, heavily selling jersey. They should do that for Debo. That's just my idea. He'd yeah. make more money. All right. Who's the most underrated player on the 49ers, in your opinion? Most underrated player. Guy who gets really no hype, no love from the media the way the Debo does. Or not enough. 
I, I think that's easy. I think he's starting to get a little bit more love as of late, but it, it's got to be Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward. Uh, I think Jimmy Ward is one of the best safeties in the league. Yep. I think that Jimmy Ward doesn't get that type of notoriety because he doesn't have the high interception numbers. Uh, we're talking about a guy who, for the first four or five years of his career, played nickel, played outside corner, played safety, back to nickel, outside. All They moved him around, finally got his home at safety, and there are not many safeties in the league that can do yeah. what Jimmy Ward does. You can't ask everybody to do that. And yeah. it's only discounted, and it's cool to see him get recognized in the top 100. I think it was number 96 uh, player in the league. But yeah. if he got three, four interceptions a year or – Two interceptions one year, four another year, et cetera. If he right. just had that, I think he'd be recognized in a whole different tier uh, with some of the safeties that people really talk about. Because, again, you, the t safeties aren't able to do some of the things that he does. You, yeah, you want to put him on a slot receiver, he can guard your best receiver. He can guard uh, your, your coverage, t your uh, pass catching yeah. tight end. Um, I mean, he, he does it all. He does it all. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you – you would love to have like an Ed Reed ball hawking type of safety who could get you five, like Merton Hanks who could get you five, six interceptions a year. But the other safety who can play every position in the secondary and be a uh, perfect tackler and just totally erase a tight end from a game. I mean, that's value. I think that's better than the 96 best player in, in the league. <clears throat> and I, think it make, I think it makes him a top five player on the team. I mean, <clears throat> if a corner can shut down a wide receiver, it's a lot of if, if a corner can shut down any wide receiver in the league that guy's gonna make like 25 million a year but a safety can shut down any tight end and they're like not talking about it i mean let's see what happens to travis kelsey when he faces jimmy ward this year it'd be interesting to see what would see what happened to <clears throat> george kittle if him and ward were on different teams because in practice at least from what i see that's a tough matchup for kittle so i think yeah absolutely jimmy ward is underrated yeah. um and, but and again, he might not be as underrated by the fan base mm -hmm. i think people have come around on him a lot more than what they how they felt about him a few years ago but just in the, the the media i don't the only time i've heard them talk about him was when he said something about matthew stafford you know right outside yeah. of that you know it they when have they talked about jimmy ward so it's like they don't even know who he is the niners do a terrible job of promoting him but i think what happened was he played so many different positions people don't realize that he's a safety and they're like what does jimmy ward do what does he even he actually has become he should have been a safety his whole career but by around 28, the Niners figured out, oh, he's great at covering tight ends. We should have him do that. And ever since then, he should have been the pro bowler, all that stuff. So, yeah. I got another guy, though. Emmanuel Mosley. I feel like he's the next Jimmy Ward. Um, at least from what I've seen, as good as Traverius Ward is, and he's, every, he's everything that's been advertised. I thought Mosley had a better offseason. Man. <clears throat> Mosley is hungry. He hasn't gotten paid yet. He's not small he's 511 and he competes so hard he gets hurt a little bit every year but a lot of football players do i think this guy he's like he's in a contract year he's in his prime i think we're gonna see the best mosley we've ever seen uh i think this guy is gonna be put himself in the conversation to get a huge contract this offseason and be a top 100 player next year you know i think when it comes to Emmanuel mosley he, he just has to string together two good yep. years in a row Yep. Right, because if you look at kind of how his career has gone, start off on practice squad, uh, and then finally he's like, "Oh, I'm in," and then that same game, boom, breaks his arm or snaps yep. his shoulder or whatever he did, 
And then the next year he comes and he kind of has to wait his turn. Mm -hmm. uh, this is 2019 now. I had to wait his turn. And you had the Witherspoon thing. The Witherspoon's out. Then Mosley fills in and he does terrific. And then yep. Spoon comes back. And then you bench Spoon and then play Mosley. So he kind of did that back and forth. And then 2020, I felt like was a down year for Mosley. I, I, don't, I don't think he played yeah. necessarily well. But then last season, he played amazing. Yeah. And probably on paper, he's probably one of the top – 10 corners in the league just in what it looked like and some of the things he was doing the kind of season he strung along so i think for him again if if he can do it this year and not miss games then you're talking about a corner where maybe more people are talking about him but starting off as an undrafted guy that already already kind of puts you behind the eight ball and yeah. then just the inconsistency in like yeah. each year and how his career has started i think that makes it tough for him as well but in a sense again yeah. underrated just with what he's able to do I, I completely agree. Maybe I put too much weight on practice because I've been there uh, for the last month, but he's just so aggressive and assertive and competitive in practice the way that the best players in the league are. I mean, he takes it personal when he's targeted. You know what I mean? Like, who do you think you're targeting? Go somewhere else. And he I feel just it feels like he broke up most of the targets that came his way. It, it, he was a shutdown corner in practice. Let's see if he can stay healthy. But damn, the dude is really good right now. I, don't know. I think his help probably just getting stronger. You know, coming mm -hmm. out of Tennessee, he was a very slight yeah. build guy. We're talking about like barely 180 pounds. True. And you know, just being able, you know being in the NFL for some years. I mean, he had terrific movement yeah. skills. He ran extremely well. He was very fluid. I, I really liked all those things about him more than uh, uh, who everybody like. Mc, yeah. uh, I want to say McFadden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, from Florida State. Yeah, Everybody like me that. And I'm like, oh, I think this Mosley kid's better. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And they yeah. got them both undrafted. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm not glad surprised you at all out with the how he played. I think the strength has helped. I think that's what it is. Because in the past, he would be right there, but he would kind of get beaten at the catch point a little bit. Now he's out muscling Brandon Ayuk at the catch point and right. Debo. So. And those That's are two it. strong guys. Two strong dudes for sure. Nick Bean says, I remember watching old games of Alex Smith as a rookie and he had zip on his throws. I was too young to watch 05, 06 Niners, but I truly believe that we missed we messed him up and drafting Rodgers wouldn't have solved anything. Yeah, it's possible they would have messed up Rodgers too. It would have been interesting if Alex Smith had been drafted by like the Patriots or something. He did screw up his shoulder in 07. I remember that. All right, last question. I'm setting you up. Don't be mad at Eric, all right? I'm asking him this question. He has to answer it. It's my show. Who is the most overrated player on the 49ers? It doesn't mean the player's bad. It means he's good, but not as good as maybe some fans make him out to be. All right. Uh, I'm the bad guy here. Eric's the good guy. Now, now again, when, when we say when we say overrated, overhyped, I, I I would say again, it's it's probably to the extent of how the fans view him, yes. right? And and yeah. is that where we're going off of? Yes, that's fair. Yeah. Maybe the media, maybe the media, because some people get media attention for whatever reason, and some guys don't. You know what I mean? Then I, I'd probably say uh, Brandon Ayuk. Ooh, okay. Um, okay. and again, and I, I really like Brandon Ayuk, and mm -hmm. I like his ability, and he's had a terrific off season. I just need to see like that same type of ability. Can mm -hmm. you do it like throughout a throughout a year, yeah. right? Because there were a lot of people last year, and it's like. Brandon Knight, Brandon Knight, that's the wide receiver one, that's the wide receiver one. And I and I get it, right? Mm -hmm. But I was like, uh, like, why y'all sleeping on Debo Samuel? Like, this mm -hmm. dude is whatever, right? And this year, I think we're kind of hearing some of that again. A lot of people want to push Debo out the door because of the contract disputes and everything. And it's like, oh, yeah, uh, you got Brandon Knight, you, you know? And for me, 
I, I think he can't, he can get there. Right. But mm. I got to see a little bit more in the, in the actual games, you know, a guy who potentially can be a 1200 yard receiver, but, uh, areas where I felt like he needed to improve. I think we started to see that in practice, right? Being able to make the contested catches uh, downfield. We, we see it now. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, consistently creating, you know, this separation yeah. uh, uh, even more. Watch them against the Bears when they lined them up in the fourth spot. I think they had quads to the right on the two-point conversion. Yep, yep. And he just destroyed the DB. I mean, destroyed them, right? Yes. I would like to see that more consistently. Right. right? Uh, what, you know, him against uh, Trayvon Diggs in the playoffs and some of the things he was able to do there. And I know, yeah. you know, uh, not his fault that a pass was overthrown when he was wide open, but just in the sense of like, okay, I, I see the flashes. I see the ability. Now, can we get that for a whole season? So when I said, oh, I think, be, I think because like, people talk fan. about him already, like he's a 1200 yard receiver, right? Exactly. But I just, I just need yeah. to see that. And then, right. and then he will be what people feel he is. Right, you're talking about the way people talk about him. You feel, that, and I agree that he's sort of been anointed before he's really done it. And done it is the full year, the full year at an elite level. He hasn't done that yet. He hasn't can. Yet. He might do it right now. I think we most most of us expect him to do it this year, but still do it. You got to do it. I expect to jump. I expect yeah. to jump. Yeah. You know, okay. And I hope to see him. You know, be out there on the field. That's a tough thing, right? With how preseason is now. You, yep. you, growing up, you know, you'd see everybody kind of out there, even if it's only for two possessions, but they play two possessions and you just kind of get to see a little bit of, you know, just what it's going to look like. And and that, I think that's what I'm really excited to see in tonight's Tonight. game. Are you, all right, I got another guy and this is going to piss. Can I say one more about most underrated? Because I feel you like uh, this is about, and I actually see his name okay. uh, in the chat right now. And I, and I wanted to kind of bring him up, but Mike McGlinchey, Okay. I feel like McGlinchey is a little bit underrated Under uh, because I think he's he's being viewed as a ninth overall pick and maybe mm. he hasn't lived up to that billing. But if you were to say that McGlinchey was a second round pick, I think people like him a lot more. Yeah. I think there are plays and almost like the cornerback position, when bad plays happen, everybody sees it. So mm. when something bad happens to Mike McGlinchey and maybe if it happens at a bad moment, everybody sees that and it's oh mcglinchy sucks and you got grant Cohn. oh mcglinchy's on his back again right <laughs> um but well, to I'd be say fair he I, I thought 2020 was a bad year for him but it was the pandemic year he admitted that he was underweight and he had a tough time like, it was it was a tough year that was a rough year for him but usually yeah. he's a solid right tackle think think about how we're viewing the tackle position right now if mcglinchy's yeah. not out there and i think that they is need, like, that he is a little uh, underrated he's a huge key for them this year they need mike mcglinchy they need Mike McGlinchey. They need Mike McGlinchey. There's no time to, to save him this year. No, it's fair. Um, okay, let me do my most overrated player in the 49ers. Now, I, I listed him top 10. I put him number eight. This guy is pretty much regarded as the best at his position. He's a top 30 player in the league. And I think that's a little much, even though he's a very, very, very good player. Fred Warner. Fred Warner is considered is overrated, the best right? Overrated. Overrated. Okay. I think he's a, a very good player, not a great player. Great player, great middle linebacker, Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman. Um, Fred Warner, very good. Why would I say that not great? Well, I think a big part of his value is considered coverage. If you look back when Sala was here, he was con like consistently breaking up a lot of passes and intercepting passes. Last year with D'Amico, I think the, the scheme changed a little bit. And his value in zone coverage wasn't there. He didn't make many plays on the ball. He gave up a 111 passer rating, at least according to pro football, whatever, reference. So if you take away the coverage part, because they don't, they've, 
they've never used him in man coverage. His whole like coverage ability to me has been a little overstated. He's been in the right place at the right times and zone coverage is important. But when it's time to lock up a tight end, it's not Warner, it's Ward or, or, or Tart or anyone besides Warner. So I, I think the coverage thing has been overstated. And then as a, as a run defender, he makes a lot of tackles. He's a good, he's a very good player, but he's not in the backfield the way Bowman and Willis were, or even Aziz Alshair is. And when Warner missed that one game against Seattle, Aziz filled in and did everything Warner does. I, I think he's a very, very good player, but I think he's a little overrated. Sorry. I, I can, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I can see that. I, I think there was a, uh, a time where we'd say he was the best linebacker in the league or, or top two. Mm-hmm. I'd say right now there would be people that they take over him, but still, I I believe in general he's viewed as a legit top five. He is backer. He is. Uh, he is. I think his his ability is definitely not overrated. Here, here's the tough thing with linebackers, especially with the 49ers, where you do play a lot of zone. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get a lot of passes completed in the area that you are, right. and kind of rally right. down and make tackles. So I don't know. And then if you don't get interceptions, I think that can really kind of skew your uh, passer rating against you. Now again, it, you know, maybe it's a scheme, maybe it's not. But I'd say I just thought where he's not underrated. Zone under Salah, and he was I mean, great. Where at that. where he's not overrated is I think his impact to the yeah. defense, and I, and I think that. Uh, right. out, I don't want to say outweighs a, a, a passer rating against him, but he's the leader. He's the vocal he's guy. The he gets guys going. You see how he he's carries himself. I mean, just think of how depleted the 49ers defense looked when he went down in the Cowboys That's game, true. and they still figured out to kind of a way to kind of win the game. But I, I think his impact to the defense yeah. and and that leadership, I think. Uh, that's the part it's kind of hard to quantify. I agree. But I think maybe that's why I would say he's a little overrated because people qu- try to quantify that. He's the rah-rah guy in the defense, but Ward's a leader too. He's just quieter about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, last year was okay, not a look, great year if for... If you put Warner one-on-one against Kittle, I'm taking Kittle. But if you put Ward one-on-one against Kittle, I'm taking Ward. And I don't know if that's the way to necessarily like judge football players, but I'm judging them. That's how I'm doing it. Kittle last year was not a great year for Fred Warner. I, I no. definitely agree. And Let's if see if we bounce he's back. Overrated based off of last season. I can I, I I hear an argument for that. And he's having a great camp, but it's so funny what Trent Williams said. I want to ask your perspective on this. What Trent Williams said is like basically, look, our offense isn't as bad as you think. We're we script our plays every day. The script floats around the facility. The defensive players can get their hands. Not that they look at it. He was. I'm not accusing anyone. I'm not saying Fred Warner looks at the script or anything. But he basically accused Fred Warner of like looking at the script and jumping routes. Does that happen? In camp, <laughs> did it actually happen? Uh, I, I've been around some players that get their hands on the script. I never looked at it, but also, I mean, there have been times where even with me, uh, you know, wow. you can kind of glance over and see what they're working on yeah. during yeah, like, yeah. their uh, kind of walkthrough. Walk yeah, yeah, you kind of walk through certain certain portions, and you can kind of see some of the things they're doing, and you know, like, well, these are the things that they're going to work on today at practice. So you kind of have an idea of what they're what they're doing when you're on the same practice field as them, and you can see it, like, you know. Well, if you want to get some positive press, maybe take a look at that pick pick off a pass. Well, maybe that's what Fred Warner's been doing. Well, that that's and, and again, I mean, Fred Warner he understands his assignment as well. Uh-huh. So I, I'm not going to say like that's why he's making plays, sure, sure, sure. but I would yeah. say. That's why it's tough, you know, when people keep stats in, you know, in practice because it's like, you know, it, there's so much, there's so much kind of, con- I don't want to say context is missing, but so much that you just don't know, like exactly what they're trying to work on, what they've been told to do. 
Uh, are they trying to force things and figure out what they can get away with uh, against a certain defense or a certain defense matched up? Because I remember there were times uh, playing defense, our coach would purposely put us in a uh, disadvantageous situation to just see how we handle it and then look to us to make the adjustment on how we would defend that differently. So you kind of never really know what, what the coaches are like asking of the players. Uh, sometimes they put the defense in a bad situation. Sometimes the defense purposely, uh, the coordinators and coaches structure it to where it puts the offense at kind of a disadvantage mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. want them to kind of make the adjustments on the fly. So, um, you know, that, that, those are the things you, can't, you don't really know exactly with, with practice. If they think Fred Warner is, is peaking and cheating, they should, here's what I would do. I would print up a phony script and I'd leave it in his locker. And let's see if he starts jumping the wrong passes. Where were you on that one, Fred? We have guys Man. too. I mean, listen, I don't know Fred. You know, I don't know Fred Warner personally. That's not but culture. There are guys. There That's are guys culture. that, you know, they will. They will do stuff like that. I've had teammates that will do stuff like that. All I know is the offensive players seem to be pissed at Warner. I don't know what it is. But Ayuk fought him, and then I, I'm hearing that, like, Debo didn't retweet the top 100 thing for Warner when he retweeted other people's. Like, I don't know what's going on. They'll probably work it out. But right now – This is what's going on and what fans don't understand. Yeah. It, not everybody hangs out. Yeah. And that's not right. to say that they have an issue. I saw the video of Jimmy Ward, right. and he's like, look, no issues. You got right, right, right. Brandon Ayuk and, and, and Fred Warner, and they're talking. Look, no issues. Everything's Jimmy good. Jimmy Ward did that? But, he peacemaker. peacemaker. Yeah, but, yeah. man, I, I mean – there are times, you know, when playing, I can't. I mean, you don't you don't hang out with the offense. No. Exactly. A lot of times. It's like two different teams, right? It's like two different teams. Now you yeah. can respect, like, hey, I know this dude, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But a, a lot of times, you know, how many how many pictures have you seen as an offensive guy and a defensive guy, just like, oh, this is my buddy, and they're just hanging out outside, like like you right. would with Trey Lance and Brandon Ayuk, or you know, what I'm saying Debo Samuel and Trent Williams. You know, have you seen? Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa? Have you seen Debo yeah. and Fred Warner? Have you seen Debo and right. Jimmy Ward or Emmanuel Mosley? No. Like you just, a lot of times defense and their position groups kind of, they click up and they hang out with each other. So there's a scenario where a, a guy like Fred Warner, who right. has great intentions of getting the most out of uh, Brandon Ayuk and is like, mm -hmm. hey man, I know this dude is really talented. I want to see him take it to the next level. And he mm -hmm. does little things to kind of spark the situation. And Brennan Ayuk in his head could be thinking, You crossed I don't the line. Mess with you like that. Yeah, you crossed like, the line. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not, yeah. my, you're not my homie to be like talking yeah. crazy. Like, you know, like, cause I have homies like where in practice, like my best friend, he's like my brother Donald, right? And a lot of people, if you've seen me out at games and stuff, you see me with him, got the tattoos all over his face. Well, when we played play with each other, like, we would go at it in practice and there was trash talking and all that, right? And so sometimes, you know, when you're, the hom when you're homies and stuff, but like, if I'm not cool with you like that, and you're talking trash to me, mm -hmm. like, okay, then we can turn up. And there have been plenty yep. of times where I done boxed with, right. you know, teammates, et cetera. So, yeah, different right. sides of the ball does not mean that, uh, or because they're on the same team doesn't mean that they're homies. I'm not trying to spark them with these players or pin them against each other. Right. But, um, well, you know, also, there's like, a scenario the where it's like, we're, we're, we're not even cool like that. Like, I don't even talk to you like that. And, and like we saw growing up, there, there'd be teams where the defense was so good. They almost would like, lash out at their offense like the ravens were like that they would constantly be like well if our offense would just do something we could win and it's like i think ray lewis kind of had a hand in that too and i think that's sort of what's happening could be with fred warner in the night like in the niners i think 
they they were so dominant in training camp. And Fred Warner talks so much shit. I wouldn't be surprised if he says certain things. I don't know if he says certain things after plays like you guys are trash or things like that to the entire offense that they take personal. You're supposed to be one team. So I don't know if like if if Fred says things like that. It seems like he does. It seems like he probably does. I like it though. I'm not gonna. I like the yeah. mindset of Fred yeah. Warner. I like the trash talk when mm-hmm. I watch him, especially when he's on your side, like Pat Beverly, right? Yes. Pat Beverly, uh, the the Lakers. I'm a Laker fan. You know what I'm saying? I'm a, I'm a Laker fan. So the yeah. Lakers, the Lakers just they just traded for Pat Beverly, and Pat Beverly is somebody is like I can't stand Pat Beverly, right? I love. But Pat. then like once he's on your team. It's like, man, I like him a lot more when he's on my team. But in practice, it's like y'all go against each other. And it could probably be really annoying when you get... But then, like, once you're going against someone else and they bring that same energy, it's like, okay, I like it now. You know what I'm saying? I like that. So, Fred Warner, I bet they love Fred Warner and how he is against opposing teams. But when it's yeah. you in practice, like, uh, especially in training camp, because during the yep. season, I mean, you don't really go against the guys like that. But during training camp, I could see how it gives us a little... If little Fred doesn't take a day off, he has that... Uh, energy every freaking day and he talks shit um pat bev i was there when he made uh kevin durant foul out in the playoffs that was legendary remember that yeah yeah somebody said pat sh- bev is dirty like fred warner's kind of dirty like fred warner's not not dirty in the sense of he's gonna grab somebody's ankle and try to rip their ankle off but you know he does little things you know he, he, he does might little, hit you after the whistle at least in he practice. does a little unnecessary like and i say unnecessary i like it because I, I did that type of stuff he but uh takes it to the line he takes it right to the line. He's he's, he's going to toe that line. And he's not trying to be like the conscientious middle linebacker. He, I think the Niners felt he was too finesse at first. He was a DB, and now he's like ferocious. I, I don't know. It's part partly a, per, a persona. I would like I would say I don't think he's really yeah. like that. Yeah, you know, I can see that. Like uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of a, you know, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. It's like a, yeah. it's just kind of like this this character he created, and it's yeah. him. But uh, it's almost Quan Alexander. It's like they brought in Quan, and he's like, "Oh, that's what that's what a middle linebacker is supposed to be." Okay, yeah. I can do that. I can do that. Yeah, fine. Chris says Trey's in the issue. Niners can win with Kyle and Lynch. They're an import. They're in important positions without the experience or oversight needed to succeed. They can't win with Kyle and Lynch. Whew. Uh well, okay. My I disagree because I feel like you can't win until you do right. Yeah. So you could yeah. say that, but this is a team that we're coaching coach and GM that have shown that they can build a roster. And they've yeah. shown that they can win a lot of games. They've showed that they can uh, get to the promised land. Right. And, you know, I, I'm the same conversation is probably around uh, Andy Reid. And now all of a sudden you, you see him win one. So, you know, now we'll, we can't use that because he won a Super Bowl. Right. And I think most of us agree that the Niners have one of the best rosters in the league. We talk about it all the time. They've made it so far with a mediocre quarterback. The problem with these two is that <clears throat> they still have, I mean, they're still searching for their quarterback. If it's Trey Lance, they're going to win a lot of Super Bowls or one. If it's not Trey Lance, then they're going to get into year seven, year eight, year nine of their tenure and be like, you still haven't found your quarterback. So, right. and you had, you got, you, you passed on Mahomes, Stafford, Brady. That's really what it comes down to with this regime. Like, find your quarterback. How long is it going to take? Maybe they found him. Maybe they I found know. him. But I wish they would have played him last year. But Me too. I mean, well, okay, wait, well, I say that. I was saying that before the season that yeah. if, if you play the kid this year, he's going to be better for it the yeah. next year. Yeah. And the team would be better for it the next year. That was the biggest thing. Like, the team would be better for it. So now you kind of start that process this year where he has learned a lot. But the some of the things that he needs to go through, right. he's going to just go through it this year. And that's tough. As opposed to going through it in the season where you came off of six wins. What was annoying about last year is, like, I feel like the Niners didn't learn their lesson. They were like, well, we can win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. No, you can't. 
And if you thought you could, you wouldn't have brought in Trey Lance. So no matter no, you, how hard on, you Greg, get, you can't. You can win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. If he's the backup, but it, he he likely won't be the reason, right? So he just needed, which which isn't right. You need to have like a nineteen eighty five. happen. You need everything to kind of go perfect. Yeah, you'd have to have a two thousand Ravens season, eighty five Bears season, which happens. Right. But I mean, good yeah, luck. Yeah, it, it happens, but it's hard to kind of count on that. Gold-Blooded says, no, Croc, Jimmy G is still the most overrated player and is still on the team. Are there still people that think he's a top 10 quarterback in the league? Are there people out there that feel that way? I don't think so. Are you still- uh, this guy on Twitter, his, his name is Lobs. Lobs. <laughs> he's more of a Brock Purdy, though, guy, isn't he? I don't know. Yeah, he loves Brock, Brock Purdy. He, loves he does Brock. like uh, the, the kid out of – Jake Hayner out of Fresno State, though. I think he's – But that's kid. definitely Daniel Kelly, right? Like 100%. No, he has just two accounts. No, because Daniel Kelly. No, he's not Daniel Kelly because Ke- Kelly guy, he he tweets exactly how he feels from his account, and he's literally under. I don't think he can be under every post two times. Like I don't know. I just don't think he he. he I don't I mean, know. Unless he just has to be most amazing. Like uh, I wouldn't time. Put anything past that guy. All I'm saying is, any person whose motto is whatever it takes and whose hero is Aaron Hernandez, be very afraid, very afraid. I'm terrified. Yeah, that was that a guy. little. Way over that the top. Whatever it takes. What does that mean? What does that mean? J.R. Beckle says Leatherwood just got cut by the Raiders, who has a very similar game. No, 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 no. Hold on. No, hold on. Because I've given a lot of crap to Mike McGlinchey. Mike McGlinchey's way better than Alex Leatherwood. Alex Leatherwood, at least from my opinion, was terrible. Awful. Not a not a, not a tackle. Yeah. And, and Mike, Mike McGlinchey, and this is why I say he's a little underrated. He has his moments as a pass protector, but he, he's not – getting whooped all game like I don't I don't go into a game thinking like oh man like Mike McGlinchey can't pass protect I do go into the game thinking there's gonna be a few times where he gets bullied yeah that's true and it's but Alex Leatherwood is is like like, this dude is a legit liability throughout an entire game but no doubt but the problem with McGlinchey is like when you said he's gonna get bullied yeah that's gonna be in the fourth quarter on on the key play of the game for whatever reason he chokes Niners Dodgers says Grant Croc Yankees coming to Oakland this weekend can't wait to see my guy from 209 Aaron Judge when I was yeah, a kid, the Yankees came to oh, town. Oh, actually, he's not from like real 209, but he is from 209, though. But he's Did not he? from, like, 209, he's not. 209. Where's he from? He's from, like, uh... The sticks? It's, it's, it's literally, like, just a few minutes outside of Stockton. But he's from, like, the boondocks. Yeah, it's, like, little town. Little town, yeah. Yeah, so he is he's 209, but it ain't, like... Right, he's not from the... You know what yeah. I'm saying? He ain't from 209, yeah. 209 Stockton. Yeah. All right, well, Crock is a lot of fun. I like that uh, Laker hat you got in your head. Are you guys going to make the playoffs this year? Do you think you guys can do it? Probably not, but, you know, <laughs> it's still cool, though. <laughs> all right. I have to hear all from all the uh, the Warrior fans. Shout out, to, shout out to all the Warrior fans. Linden. Yeah, that's where that's where Judge is from. He's from Linden. Linden's like, it's like literally like right oh, okay. outside of. But well, it's Warrior like not even. it back to you because Warrior fans had to hear hella shit about Kobe Bryant for about 15 years. So it's your turn. Yeah. It's your turn. Yeah. I hear it. I hear it every Every time from the Warrior fans. I love it, though. We, got, we, we have a nice little fun back and forth. But, Croc, people don't understand this. Like, the authentic basketball fan from Northern California that's our age is either a Laker fan or a Kings fan. This whole, like, Warrior fan thing, like, kind of is starting to no, I ain't know any Raider uh, Warrior fan growing up. It, it was Kings, and Kings were really popping, uh, you know, in yeah. the early, like, 2000s in that, in yeah. that era. Like, they were good. Yeah. Uh, I knew yes. zero Warrior fans. No, they didn't exist. I mean, what's the point of rooting for a team that was never contending? I mean, you'd watch them, 
But I knew yeah. friend, like friends of mine in, in middle they school. Had Nick, I mean, Kingsley. Nick Mullins. They had Mullins. They had uh, uh, Tim yeah, Hardaway. Right. Like, you know, yeah. Killer Crossover. Like, they had yeah. some dudes, but, you know. When we were real little. But then when we were in middle school, they had freaking Antoine Jamison. And that was the best player they had. Larry Hughes. Oh, I like Larry Hughes. Though. I like Larry Hughes, too. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everyone. I'll be back later on tonight. Hey, stop giving me money. Shreddy Murphy says, just watching the 831 question video with Jesse Naylor. Ha ha. You have until 9-11 to get your... Jimmy Garoppolo content off. Yeah, he's not going anywhere until day one. I think they're. I think he's going to make the initial fifty-three. What do you think? I think that'd be a mistake. Yeah, of course. If for for <laughs> a guy that you don't expect to have on your roster, you can't you can't keep him and someone lose someone else that you actually want. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep, I agree. You know what I'm saying? Like like if I want uh random name Jordan, Jordan Mason. Mason yeah. Right. And it's like. Okay, this, oh, we got final roster spot. Damn, we, we got to hold this spot for, yep. uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy. even though we don't want him and we're going to cut him in a few days. But, right. I mean, we're going to let Jordan Mason go. That's a random name. I don't know if that's their plans, but I'm just saying, like, right. I'm not going to let go of a guy who I feel like is going to contribute for a guy who I'm just holding on for another few days just to see what might happen. Someone said I missed someone's super chat. Hold on. Daniel Kelly, hold on, is a bust. <laughs> Who's Daniel Kelly? Never heard of him. All right. Thanks so much, everyone. Show's over. Niners play tonight. Catch you guys after. Peace.